consent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to, to Radical. Radical. Welcome, Radical, ladies and gents. My name is Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for being here. This is the Thinker Show. I uh, and We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. First, if you love the show, you can go out there and you support it at patreon.com slash radicalpod. Uh, you can cash at me at Shane Hazel. You can do any of those things, and I appreciate everything that you do do there. Uh, the Fountain FM app is a great place to earn sats as you listen. If you're listening anyway uh, and you can't catch it live, you can catch it later. Uh, Fountain FM, absolutely fantastic app that is getting better by the day. Uh, love those guys out there for uh, for reaching out and really working on this. And then um, if you've got anything to send my way, you can send it to Shane at RadicalPod.com. Uh, lots of stuff going on today, but uh, we've got some really cool people out there in the audience. Good morning, Jared, uh, and the rest of you guys. There's a few things I want to get into. Saw this morning that, uh, man, uh, Bitcoin's actually doing some stuff right now. We're, we're above 17,000 uh, for the first time in a while at 17,236 US fiat shitcoin dollars uh, for every Bitcoin. So I don't know. Get, uh, get your stats while they're still fairly cheap because I think it's about to change. I think there's a lot of stuff that's going on uh, that's about to change. And one of the, the first things that um, is not going to change in 2023 is the U.S. House. Uh, I was watching this you know, somewhat loosely over the weekend, uh, but then as the votes continued and we just saw more and more and more uh, votes taken uh, against McCarthy, um, uh, Speaker McCarthy now, but uh, on, I guess it was Friday afternoon, we didn't have a speaker yet. And by the time they got wrapped up on Friday night, late Friday night, we had uh, 14 votes against McCarthy. The, uh, the Freedom Caucus, uh, I guess, was, was just not getting in line. They, they were you know, not having whatever deals that were being made uh, with, uh, with Speaker McCarthy. And when, when push came to shove, I guess it was Gates and Bobart that were holding out at the end. Um, you saw some confrontation down there on the floor, which I thought was interesting. Um, some, some threats, some physical violence uh, were all reported. You know, uh, one, of the, one of the congressmen got grabbed by his face, which I thought was absolutely epic. You know, like the clown show that is Congress. Um, don't, don't be, uh, I guess, uh, persuaded that these guys aren't just, just really dumb people. The people that result to violence, the people that result to, uh, to, to name calling, to threats, to coercion, they're not smart people. But that's the only thing that these people know. They don't know anything outside of force and coercion. And that's their problem. And you start to see it in really tense moments when their true character comes up. And uh, when they're on the floor and McCarthy won't step aside and won't get out of the way over and over and over again, what do they do? They just try to beat this thing through just as DC does. They just go around and they lean on people. They, they make deals. And how the, the problem is, is, you know, how do they do this? They do this because they have tons and tons and tons of fiat damn money. There, there's, there's no separation in money and state. And that's the problem with damn near everything in this country is you have a, a, a federal bank, a central bank that is really kind of this global cartel of bankers that's absolutely you know funding these politicians and they'll 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 lean on people enough they've got enough money at the end of the day where they can buy votes where they can coerce people where they can find out things whether it's personal whether it's relationships whether it's something going on in their their you know their private life and they'll you know try to bring those up they'll say you know we're going to leak this through whatever and let them know in the back chambers but that's the thing is 14 times the hubris of a person that goes out there 14 damn times and says, you know what, I, I want to be speaker this damn bad, that I don't care that the body has rejected me 14 times. There are a lot of people that are saying, you know, the debate's good, the debate's good. And I, I want to hear from you guys out there. This is a uh, live Twitter space right now, so if you're out there in, in the Twitter spaces and you want to jump up, you can request uh, and we'll put you on. But the, the whole thing 
just smacks to me. It's just DC over and over and over. And it looks to me, I mean, Matt Gates is, he's not a fighter. You know, we've seen Matt Gates crumble in the past. He gets out there with his really slick hair. He looks like, you know, some evangelist, some, you know, deep south church evangelist, TV evangelist. And he, he gets out there and he puts on a show. And I think that's a lot of what some of this was. Now, when um, when the details that did come out came out, I did uh, did pick up that one of the things. There was about five things that I picked up that were conceded uh, before he finally was elected after fourteen losses on the fifteenth vote elected to office. He um, he got I guess a few things committed to. Uh, number one, as has been reported, it will only take a single congressperson acting in what is known as the Jeffersonian motion to move uh, to move to remove the speaker if he or she gets back goes back on their word or policy agenda. Now, I think this is interesting. Um, what is the the policy agenda? Is that public? Is that something that you know that we're privy to? I haven't seen anything in terms of the policy agenda. I did hear this. And this would be a great start. This is straight out of Kevin McCarthy's mouth uh, right after he won on the 15th vote. I know the night is late, but when we come back, our very first bill will repeal the funding for 87,000 new hours. You see, we believe government should be to help you, not go after you. <laughs> All right. There's, there's a lot of bullshit going on here. Uh, like I said, if you're in the audience, you want to come up and, uh, and weigh in on this, uh, be welcome. The, the one thing that's not nonsense is the idea that the House of Representatives, solely the House of Representatives, controls the budget, controls the purse. It was set up that way in uh, Article 1 of the Constitution. If you guys don't know your Constitution... Article one uh, is nothing but the Congress uh, in, in the Senate. So when when we look at Article one, Article two, Article three, Article one was supposed to be and was sold to the American people as being the most powerful, having the most powers, being in control of the purse. Um, and when the House of Representatives, specifically not the Senate, uh, and definitely not the President, when spending bills come around, they are in charge of this. This is the only thing. That, you know, this is the only, I should say, the only power over spending belongs to the House and the House specifically. So if you want to go check this, this is in Article 1, um, I believe Section 2-7 of the, um, let me just make sure I'm, I'm quoting this right, Article 1, Section 7, uh, Paragraph 2 of the uh, the Constitution. And so this is where uh, we they actually codified how spending is supposed to be done. All bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives, but the Senate may propose or concur with amendments on other bills. So bills are different from laws, ladies and gents. Now, bills are specifically for spending. And when you talk about bills, this is one of those things where you have um, you know, an expiration date, whereas laws do not. There's a difference between law and there is a difference you know, in, in bills. Bills expire, laws do not expire. It goes on to say, every bill which shall have passed the House of Representatives and the Senate shall, before uh, uh, before it becomes a law, be presented to the President of the United States. So this is just law. If he approves it and signs it, uh, but if not, he shall return it with the objections uh, to that to the House in which it shall have originated. Now, here's the thing is, the only place where bills can originate the spending can originate is in the house. Okay, so it can't go anywhere else. Um, when when we it continues a little bit further um, with his objections to that house in which it shall have originated, who shall enter the objections at large on their journal and proceed to reconsider it? If after such reconsideration, two thirds of that house shall agree to pass that bill, it shall be sent together with the objections to the other house by which it shall likewise be reconsidered. And if approved by two-thirds of that house, it shall become law. 
but in all cases, the votes of both houses shall be determined by yeas and nays, and the names of the persons voting for and against the bill shall be entered on the journal of each house respectively. So this is this is something that you know we don't see a lot of anymore. We don't see the yeas and nays on every law. Um, let's let's skip this part for just a second. Um, this this whole thing where he comes out and talks about the Republican Party being here for the people. I think this is just one of the most damn laughable laughable things I've ever seen. The, the the GOP, don't forget, is the party that went out of its way in 2001 to pass the Patriot Act when they took control of the House uh, in 2010 as a response to Barack Obama. They said, give us the House, give us the Senate, give us the presidency, and we'll do some amazing things. And what happened? They came out and they passed the NDAA with you know indefinite detention. This this created such such a different paradigm for the United States. This was both them. This was both the GOP, like the NDAA and the Patriot Act were both those guys. This is crazy. You know, we're, we're all for the people. They're also the people that have been uh, taking more and more money and pushing it into law enforcement and the war on drugs for my entire lifetime for 40 plus years. Destroying lives over plants, over fungi, over natural medicines. This is the GOP. Oh, you know what Kevin McCarthy said? Yeah, we're just here to help. It's nonsense. I do think it's interesting that he'll stand up there with the track record of the GOP. And I think he's been around for quite a while. I'm not sure exactly you know how long he's been around. Uh, but this is, I mean, apparently this is a, a pretty big deal. Now, the fact that they got guys like Thomas Massey to sign on to this, I was um, I was fairly skeptical, and you know Thomas has got I don't know I think a ninety nine percent constitutional voting record, but um, in the second concession here or the second agreement is part of this list, a church style committee will be convened to look into weaponization of the FBI and other government organizations. I am I'm I'm curious about this, and if you guys have thoughts on this, I'd love to hear. If you guys understand that the FBI is the organization that was the belly button per the Twitter files for all of the government, DHS, NSA, CIA, the FBI was the belly button for Twitter, for Google, for Apple, for Facebook, for Meta, all of these organizations this was what they were doing. This is, this is, they, they were going through the FBI. So if the FBI is the federal police, and I know a lot of people don't use that kind of language, the FBI is the federal police, and we're looking into the FBI. Who are they using? Honestly, who, who are they using? The FBI is crooked. It's, it's paid for with fiat dollars. We know for a fact, if you're, you know, if you're using cuck bucks to pay agencies, what are they going to do? They're going to continue to be incentivized by cuck bucks. They're going to do whatever they are told to do by the people that put in place, like the directors. Right? And then another thing, like the FBI, who's it headed up by? It's headed up by Ray. That guy was installed by Trump. And just to let you know, like, just to kind of bring this full circle, this is McCarthy in the, uh, in the rotunda right after he was elected. But I do want to especially thank uh, President Trump. I don't think he should anybody should doubt his influence. He was with me from the beginning. Somebody wrote the doubt of whether he was there, and he was all in. He would call me, and he would call others. And uh, he really was, I was just talking to him tonight, um, helping get those final votes. What he's really saying, really, for the party and the country, that we have to come together. We have to focus on the economy. We've got to focus, make our borders secure. We've got to do so much work to do, and he was a great influence to make that all happen. So, so Director Rye is put in place by President Trump. President Trump supports McCarthy and did very boisterously. I mean, saw it all over the place. This, this, was, this was happening. But now they're going to sit here and say that we're going to uh, look who weaponized the FBI. Well, damn. I mean, don't look very far. 
there was a guy named you know Donald Trump that runs around with MAGA 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 who had this guy installed. What the hell is going on under the you know Donald Trump's guy? They're never going to get to the bottom of this. They're never going to. They're going to have all these hearings that they always do. Like I mean, you know, we're, we're going to cover a little bit later. Maybe is uh, is the Fauci files. When when we look at this, the Fauci files, what happens? These show trials where people go in front of Congress, lie their asses off, or say, I don't know, I don't have that with me right now. I'll have to get back to you on that. And they never do. I can't recall. I don't know. You know, wh- whatever it is. That's not my department. That's not my job. Whatever. No accountability. No, nobody's responsible. That's what happens in cuck bucks fiat world where nobody is responsible. Nobody. So they're going to investigate, I guess, the, the, the FBI and how it was weaponized, just like they investigated the, what? The IRS. You guys remember John Costigan, Lois Lerner? Do you remember that whole thing? When they went, you know, when they went out and they, you know, supposedly, yeah, you know, and supposedly they actually went after people who were part of the Tea Party. I mean, wrecked people's lives. And what happened? Those two were gone, but the abuse of power that stood that wrecked people's lives, there was nobody punished for any of that kind of crap. Nothing. They sat there and they perjured themselves in front of Congress and nothing happened. So they're going to go after people the same way? Is, it, is this what we're going to see? We're going to see you know more of our money wasted on these mock trials? I think so. I think this is exactly what we're going to see you know, from here till the end of the U.S. government, which hopefully is soon. Uh, number three, term limits will be put up for a vote. <laughs> so the people are going to vote on their own term limits. The, the people in Congress, the people in the seats that are, I don't know, that, that are against their own self-interest, that don't want to be uh, senators, don't want to be representatives anymore. They're going to vote themselves a, uh, a term limits package. Yeah, great. I mean, seriously, this, this is what we've got. Number four, bills presented to Congress will be single subject, not omnibus, with all the attendant earmarks, and there will be a 72-hour minimum period to read them. I guess this is better. You know, if if a national debate arises above about spending on single bills that are presented to Congress with, you know, no other subjects that can be attached to these, I think this is actually, you know, it had had it always been this way, maybe it wouldn't have gotten so out of control. But here we are, you know, this again, this is what the fiat system brings, right? Is it brings you omnibus bills because who's not in charge? Who's abdicated their power? Congress has. I, I, I don't, we'll, we'll see how long this lasts. They'll get into an emergency situation where things need funding and then they'll go, oh yeah, you know what, we need to fund this. Because here's the thing is, and I say this all the time, if there's new listeners out there, when we look at Congress and we see these guys spending and spending and spending, it's because it's like Afghanistan. How's it like Afghanistan? Well, Nobody wanted to leave Afghanistan because they knew it was going to be an absolute crater. It was going to tank. It was going to be left in the hands of the Taliban. Nobody wanted to be that person that left Afghanistan. For that reason, it was easier for them to continue to send boys and girls over there to die, to be maimed, to come back with you know horrible, horrible post-traumatic stress. It was easier for them to do that then deal with a political backlash of leaving Afghanistan that was going to be a disaster. Same thing with the economy. Who wants to be the people that change our economy from a fiat economy to a hard asset economy? They don't want to do that. They would rather continue to do all of the terrible shit under this fiat economy now that destroys lives around the planet, literally destroys lives. They would rather continue this thing than deal with a political backlash from ending it. Because here's the thing is if they slow down spending, we have recession. If they stop spending, we definitely have recession. And over you know the course of time, you go into a depression. The correction is coming. We like we've, we're seeing it. We're seeing stock markets crash. We are seeing that the bond markets absolutely get obliterated. 
we are seeing the foreign exchanges get wiped out. This is happening in real time because they don't have an answer for things like Bitcoin. That's it. There is real hard money out there. There is gold, there's silver, there's lead, there's Bitcoin. And they don't have an answer for any of this stuff. They're out of tricks. As soon as they raise the interest rate, what happens? They kill They kill economy. They kill jobs. You can't have that political backlash. So we're going to sit here and we're going to bleed this as slowly as possible. They're trying to put it into a, you know some sort of really god-awful evil technocracy. But I tell you right now, I think McCarthy is in on it. I think McCarthy is deep in bed uh, with the technocrats. I think he's deep in bed with China. I think he's deep in bed with a whole bunch of people uh, that have leverage against this guy. There's no other reason why that guy continues to stand up there 14 times. Like, think about that. For 14 votes, why do you stay in that position? I mean, either you're just an absolute megalomaniac, conceded to the bone, or you're being threatened. You you will stay there. You will endure this, and we will get through this, and we will we'll drag you until we get what we want. I don't. We don't care if it destroys you. That's. What, I don't know. It's one of the two. Either you're a megalomaniac or you're being coerced to being in that position where you absolutely lose over and over and over 14 times. Listen, I've lost three races, three political races. And I've got to tell you, you know, 14 in a row right then on the floor, man, at some point, you just, I mean, any normal human being is like, if it was me, no, man, guys, I'm good. We're find somebody else. There, there, there's, there's gotta be somebody else out there that's gotta be better than me, or is at least wanted by people like this is, this is, this is insane. Nothing's going to change with these, the, I, I guess these slow bills that are going to get rolled through. Are they going to spend less? Well, here's the thing is if they put one single subject on every bill that has to go through and 72 hours has to trans, trans to, has to lapse to transpire in reading these things, and the, the press gets a hold of them, and people get a hold of them, and watchdogs get a hold like, man, the spending? Well, man, maybe. Maybe it, it decreases. But like I said, they can't afford this. They can't afford to slow down spending because if they do, we're going into real, real recession. We're going into real depression. Facts. Just the way fiat economies work. Number five, the Texas border plan will be put before Congress. From the Hill, the four-pronged plan aims to complete the physical border infrastructure, fix border enforcement policies, enforce our laws in the interior, and target cartels and criminal organizations. Holy hell. So Chip Roy was, I think, one of the last guys to cave. Chip Roy was the guy that nominated uh, Jim Jordan, if you don't know who he is. Uh, I think he's a congressman from Texas. And this, the nightmare and what, you know, if, what their solution is, first and foremost, maybe we should talk about this for a second. Congress only has the power of naturalization. They don't have the power of immigration. That is up to the states. Naturalization was the process of bringing people into the country that were, you know, taxpayers, citizens that, you know, were, were here forever. And the reason they did this and they set it up in the constitution that way is so a certain state couldn't just inflate their numbers by bringing people in and making them voters. Well, I guess we've turned that on their head, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. The states were supposed to be in charge of their immigration. And then Congress, you know, the, the federal government centralized authority took more authority than it was given by the constitution and said, yeah, you know what, we'll handle, we'll have an immigration too, because, you know, we have the Department of the Interior at that point. And when that happened, everything got absolutely messed up. Yes, you, you want to mess something up, give it to the federal government. So they're going to complete the physical border infrastructure. Is the physical border infrastructure a good thing? Um, I'll tell you right now, I don't think walls are a good thing. I don't think walls on land on, you know, invisible imaginary lines are a good thing. Well, Shane, you're against, you know, you're, you're not for Americans. Yes, I am. Like, listen, the American people, the American spirit, the, the guys that are getting fleeced out there, 
they spend $65 billion a year on DHS. $65 billion a year since its inception. I don't know. Somebody do the math because I'm a crayon eater. That's a lot of damn money to go out there and put into a, into a department that still has record numbers of people coming over their imaginary line that they're doing nothing about. And why are they doing that in the first place? I'm going to skip to the, the, the last bullet in terms of the, they want to target the cartels and criminal organizations. <laughs> well, start with the government and then work your way out from there. And I guarantee you, and then like, I, I don't say this tongue in cheek. If you want to start with a criminal organization, start with the government. The cartel, that's the bank. Start with those things. If you got rid of the bank, first and foremost, right? Like we're not funding the criminal organization, which is the U.S. government. Now, the criminal organization that is the U.S. government that has been in Central and South America forever with a war on drugs and all that nonsense has been installing dictators, have been overthrowing governments, have been creating coups, have been destabilizing these regions for longer than I've been alive. You want to know why people flee these areas? It's because of our foreign policies. It's because of the drug war. We end the damn drug war, and that's it. These criminal organizations that are down there, man, they, they, don't, they don't have any more power. Why? Because now we can do all of this kind of stuff inside the United States. And we, if we started to address mental health with things like psilocybin, DMT, cannabis, all, you know, all naturally occurring substances, hell, your body creates DMT naturally when you sleep. Psilocybin grows out of the ground. Cannabis grows out of the ground. It's called weed because it's in every damn climate on earth, basically. But they've, they've had this hubris where not only they, they've made these things schedule one drugs, but at the same time, they hold patents on them. They know how powerful these things are. If we stopped the damn war on drugs and started to address mental health with these substances in the United States, do you think for a minute the numbers of opiate deaths would decrease? I do. I can tell you as a guy that's been there and done that kind of stuff, when I came out of the hospital after two surgeries this year, two back surgeries that had me laid up for weeks, they had me on so much crap. You know what got me off of it? You know what healed me? Cannabis and psilocybin. Those two things. You know where you can't get those as a vet? At the VA. Can't get them there. They don't want you to have these tools. They don't want you to heal. They want to throw pills at you because you're a liability because they've trained you and you've got a certain amount of skills that are really, really dangerous to tyrannical regimes. So they're going to target the cartels and the criminal organizations. So the war on drugs, the border wars, that get really, really messy. They'd end up killing kids and wives and dads of people that are not associated with any of this kind of crap. That, that continues to happen. And not only that, when they flee to a better life here in America, the same country that's disrupting their country, the same country that's conducting coups in Central and South America, the destabilizer government that uses brute force and coercion down there and they flee that for something better here in America, what are they met with? They're going to be met with, uh, I don't know, a giant physical fence. Is it going to be complete? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I've been promised this for I, damn near in my entire life. We're going to fix the border. We're going to fix immigration. No, you're not. DC is never going to fix any of this. Why? Because it's a cash cow for them. It's a great way for them to launder money. It's a great way for them to keep the, the population under control. God, this is why Bitcoin is so damn important. You take this money out of their hands, you, you, the, the ability to just take and print money into thin air. It's crazy to me. Yeah, they're going to continue to do whatever they can to cover their tracks to make this look like, you know, it's the, the big bad drug cartels. Now, it's the big bad banking cartels and the criminal organizations is the United States government, period. And it's a lot of the state governments do. 
All right, so we we said fix border enforcement. We said complete the physical wall. Fix border enforcement policies. What a what a generic term. Fix it. Okay, you get government with a fix. Um, if you want to wreck anything, let government fix it, and then they'll come up with another way to fund a another fix, and that's the continuing type of Ponzi scheme that is the government. It's crazy. Enforce our laws in the interior. I don't know. This just screams to me that they're going to ramp up the drug war. Ramp it up as high and as fast as possible. Because a lot of people who are talking about psilocybin, who are talking about cannabis, who are talking about DMT, and uh, man, all all these really therapeutic medicines, they can't have that kind of stuff. And don't make any mistake, man. McCarthy and the rest of these fools are in on it with the pharmaceutical companies. Absolutely 100% in. There's there's no difference between the, the Democrats and the Republicans at this point. The Republicans put on a show like they're they're, you know, somehow less evil than the Democrats. It's not true. They just do it differently. If you're if if you're still out there and you're representing and going, "Hey, you know what? I still support the GOP because they're less evil than the Democrats." You're wrong. The policies that the GOP has enacted and passed over my lifetime alone is some of the most evil shit I've ever seen. Again, this is Twitter Spaces. Uh, if you guys want to uh, weigh in out there, you are welcome to weigh in on any of this. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get moving. But I, I, would, I do want to highlight one tweet uh, by the great Michael Malice. The Freedom Caucus couldn't even hold out 100 hours against Kevin McCarthy. Rep. Thomas Massey voted for the enti- voted for him the entire time. If you're looking to Washington D.C. in general, for, or the Republicans specifically, to keep government in line, let alone cut its size. You're delusional. Uh, he is 100% accurate with that. And uh, I tell you, with, with that, I will leave the whole Kevin McCarthy uh, thing. I, we'll see. We'll, that, that's, we'll see. Uh, what do they say? Money talks. <laughs> yeah, fiat currency. Uh, man, 14 votes later, 15 votes later, they finally got their guy. Um, the the Fauci files is, is trending out there right now. I think... People are getting a, a little restless, and this is something that you know I've seen a lot of people, uh, I don't r- really anxious about. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted about it a couple weeks ago about the Fauci files are coming uh, later this week, and you know now it's been it's been a minute. Um, we haven't seen the Fauci files come out yet. I don't know. Um, I don't know what they're curating. And if you're like me, uh, I don't trust Elon. I think there's some interesting things happen on uh, on Twitter, but you know, outside of that, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, you know what, I appreciate some of the things that have come out. I, I really appreciate a lot of the disruption that's happening because Twitter has changed hands, and Elon has released a lot of documentation, uh, especially on the FBI, DHS, the other tech organizations. Like I'm, yeah, very thankful for all of that. I would. I'd love to see the, the, the Fauci files. What I'd also love to see is anything related between the FBI, which was the belly button. So when I say FBI, the government, the federal government, and Epstein and kitty porn. That's what I want to know about. I want to know about all of that stuff. I want to understand why for so long child pornography especially was allowed on Twitter. I'd... I'm going to tell you right now, this is something that that does keep me up at night. This is something that gets me really pissed off, is we've got a guy that has been pictured with just Lane Maxwell and the rest of these guys, you know, running around in their billionaire clubs. Uh, and for the life of me, that's what keeps me from, you know, thinking, you know what, Elon's probably a really great guy. I think for the time being, yeah, continue to release things. But this seems like... I don't know, maybe the whole charade just to keep people busy while the empire collapses, right? We're, we're all looking around. The thing is, is nobody's mentioning the banks. Nobody. Kevin McCarthy's not mentioning them. Elon's not mentioning them. Nobody's talking about the damn banks right now. Once in a while, you know, you, you'll hear something. But the only crowd out there that's talking about the damn banks is the Bitcoin community. This community 
over and over and over again is calling these guys out. I'm telling you right now, between like Michael Saylor, Zafalinianamos, and and the rest of the greats out there, you know, not leaving anybody out. What I'm saying is, is like I hope they've got really, really amazing security because the war is just now getting started against Bitcoin. We haven't really seen anything yet, not not in my opinion. As this as this price continues to rise, and I think you know we're probably at the end. Uh, of the bear. I think we're we're getting really close to the end. We might not be there yet. It may drop a little bit more, but I think we're getting close. And I think what's happening is people are beginning to see, to wake up and see. I mean, by the numbers, you know, the amount of people that have been hodling their Bitcoin for as long as they have now, it's through the roof. It's the, the, we're, we're breaking records. The amount of hash power that we've got online now, unbelievable. The adoption rate, people that are taking you know, taking their Bitcoin off of off of the exchanges and, and putting them in cold wallets is absolutely through the roof. There are more and more, you know, official, like kind of the country size uh, players out there that are talking about adoption. All over Africa, I don't know if you guys saw 2022 and what happened in Africa, but what's happening in Africa is absolutely amazing. What's happening in uh, in El Salvador is, is incredible. I mean, when your GDP is up, when they're shaming people per Max Kaiser, you know, when they're shaming people on national television to pay some taxes and those kind of things, which I don't know, maybe good, maybe bad, definitely a better way than forcing coercion. But violence is down. People are repatriating their own country. Like, this is unbelievable. To get back to the subject, though, when when we're looking at you know what's happening here in the United States? No, nobody, not not the big players anyway. In terms of the, I don't know, the media, Twitter, the disruption, like nobody's talking about the banks. So it makes me skeptical when we start seeing things like the Fauci files, you know, that are going to be released. There are people out there that are calling for the investigation of Fauci, and I want to remind you guys, like this, we want to investigate Fauci. Listen, all of us have seen. Over and over and over. Fauci appear in front of the Senate, especially Ron Paul, or Rand Paul, not Ron, sorry. God, blasphemy, I tell you. Um, when, when they have their exchanges, this is him testifying in front of the Senate. Before he goes in and does all this, you know, they all take this, you know, this little pack that, you know, I'm going to tell the truth. And, you know, if they perjured themselves, that's apparently a crime. It used to be a crime until Eric Holder, I think in 2009, perjured himself in front of Congress and nothing ever happened. And then Lois Lerner and Kostigen. And then you had the whole Russia, Russia gate nonsense with, I don't know, the, 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 the medley of people from the intelligence agencies, from the FBI, Strzok, Page, you name it. Clapper. But this is a stall test, a stall tactic. This is what they're doing. They're saying, you know what, we need to go through investigation. No, we've had the investigation. Here's one exchange between Rand and Fauci. And let me remind you, this guy was pushing this at kids. Gee, the government recommends uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster? Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. The, I believe that the recommendation that was made was based on the assumption that if you look at the morbidity and mortality of children within each of the age groups, you know, zero so, to five, five to 11. Right. So, so, let's, so there, there are no studies, and Americans should all know this, there are no studies on children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster. The only studies that were permitted, the only studies that were presented were antibody studies. So they say, if we give you a booster, you make antibodies. Now, a lot of scientists would question whether or not that's proof of efficacy of a vaccine. If I give you 10, or if I give a patient 10 mRNA vaccines and they make protein each time or they make antibody each time, is that proof that we should give 10 boosters, Dr. Fauci? 
Uh, no, that, I think that is somewhat of an absurd exaggeration. Senator well, that Paul. is the proof that you use. Your committees use that. That's the only proof you have to tell children to take a booster is that they make antibodies. So it's not right. an absurdity. Are, You're already no. at like five boosters for people. You've had, you know, two or three boosters. It's like, where is the proof? Now, I think there is yeah. probably some indication for older folks that have some risk factors. All right. So specifically this exchange where Fauci being called to the carpet talking about assumptions in terms of vaccinating children over the age of five. We have seen the sudden death front and center lately. Thank God we've seen this kind of stuff. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not happy it's happening. I, you know what? And in fact, I wish I was wrong on all of COVID over all time. When you know what the government does, man, oh God, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because I've seen their lies up close and personal where people have been slaughtered. The history of the U.S. government in terms of vaccinating not only Americans, but people in Central and South America. See how this all ties in? You go down there, Central and South America, and give these people you know, vaccines and what happens? They end up getting all sorts of STDs. They end up getting, um, you know, these these wild diseases and everything else that absolutely decimate families, people's lives, kids, you name it. This already happened. The investigation has already happened. We have more of Dr. Fauci being on record talking about making sure that you not only have the, the, the shot, but you are boosted and talking about getting kids as young as five years old to get on this on the schedule. It's it's insanity. And to sit there and say that we need to do more of this? No, no, we don't. You know, th- this, is, this is where we, we're at in America. These guys on Capitol Hill are never, ever going to do anything, ever, for you. They're going to continue to sustain themselves. They're going to do everything that they can to make sure that this thing doesn't collapse under their watch, which means they're going to spend more, they're going to spend more faster, and they're going to try to make sure that whatever happens to them, they're insulated, which is going to broaden that chasm between us now. If you think the, you know, the, the cuck buck millionaires and bajillionaires are rich now, wait. As this thing implodes, they're going to switch over to a CBDC. They are going to hang that carrot out in front of everybody. And I mean everybody. The politicians and especially the executives. They're going to hang that out in front of the executives. And as the economy crumbles and people can't pay their mortgages and the sheriffs now don't report to you because you're not paying them, the, the people with the CBDCs at the, you know, the, the banking cartel that are dangling carrots out in front of them that are issuing orders, go do this, go do that, go take the property of these people of the, you know, where we crush an economy, go take those people's property. This is what's in store if you don't start acting at a local level now. If you can't go down with a bunch of dudes and ladies that are heavily armed and have these conversations with your sheriff, I guarantee you your sheriff is going to sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to take the CBDCs because I can't fund my department without money. I can't lay all these people off because they'll hate me. I'll never be reelected. I can't, I can't staff and, and equip these people without money. And the only money out there for these guys and the easy money is going to be CBDCs. So what are they going to do? They're going to send out the guys with badges and guns and they're going to evict people from their property as BlackRock and State Street and the rest of these organizations that went into places like Georgia and Florida and the Southeast that weren't absolutely under you know all tyrannical control like the Northeast and the West Coast. What do they do? They went out and they bought up a lot of land. They inflated prices. Lots and lots of ha- like lots of property. They, they inflated the prices so that when they, they looked at their return, when people were getting bank-issued loans, those prices skyrocketed. More debt was created. And now, your local cities, your local uh, counties that are, you know, are coming with their hand out for property tax, 
they're taking that outlier year of 2021 where people moved out of the Northeast and off the West Coast with seven-figure salaries into your cities and your counties where they where State Street and BlackRock bought tons of property, inflated the prices, and these people could pay those prices as they're fleeing tyranny. Now property taxes are through the roof. And what's going to happen? People aren't going to be able to make those. People are going to be losing their jobs. And as this happens, the sheriffs in your local area are now going to come out and evict you by force and coercion. And they're going to say, you know what, you know, we wouldn't be doing this, but some people will take advantage of the situation. Newsflash. The people that have taken advantage of this situation are the banks, are the politicians, are the executives. And now they're going to use force and coercion against you. And here's the thing is, it's not going to get better. They're, these, they're going to say, hey, you know what, let's go out there and go after things like I said earlier, you know, they're going to go after the interior laws, the drug laws, right? Psilocybin and cannabis. Because right now, the, the West Coast, Colorado, and a lot of the other states have gotten some things right. Not here in Georgia. N- definitely not here in Georgia. But on the books, it's still the federal, um, the, the federal um, schedule drug or schedule laws. So anything that's a schedule one felony, that's still a schedule one felony in those states. Do you realize that they could still go out to those states and start making arrests as federal officers? What's to stop the FBI from going and doing that when they're propelled by CBDCs? Nothing. They're going to be incentivized to do these kind of things. I'm telling you, this whole McCarthy installation, especially the fifth bullet in terms of the agreements, looks more and more and more like they're going to ramp up the war on drugs again. And I don't know. I've said for a while, I think 2023 is the year they try to switch to CBDCs. I don't think they're quite ready yet. But here's the thing is, I don't think they have any time left. Because it's coming down to that choice. It's coming down to either CBDCs or Bitcoin as a national, or I should say, as an international reserve currency. Two choices. War, coercion, force. Never ending. Or consent and peace. If we can't make those distinctions, if we can't see this as as plain as day, if we can't evangelize this to other people, we're going... We're going to have a really hard time because when we, a lot of times in Bitcoin, we talk about this as, you know, it's going to be, you know, this amazing, you know, world. Well, there's going to be a transition period. No matter what, there's going to be a transition period. The people who are early into this as groups of people, not just onesies, twosies, you know, this, and this is the thing, places like El Salvador, man, they got their work cut out for them too. Like, you know, they're not a giant nation, but they're ahead of the curve. And if they have money, then they can they can have a lot more influence. Now, when we look at the United States, I don't think this is I don't think they're ever. I think they're going to go down swinging. I think these guys are are going to do anything and everything they can to preserve themselves and their wealth, and they are going to take as many people with them as possible because that just seems like the Federal Reserve to me. You look at the last century alone. Funding of World War One, the funding of World War Two, the funding of Vietnam, the funding of the Middle East, and all the, the the proxy wars in Africa, the funding of Ukraine. I think this is going to continue. Let me. Uh, I've got I've got one request to come up here, and let's uh, let's let's hear what you got to say. Ken, when you're ready, man, go ahead and uh, go ahead and speak up, bud. Ken, go ahead. I don't think Ken's mic is working. All right. Well, Ken, if uh, if you get your mic working, man, go ahead and and, and weigh in on, on whatever you got. But um, I think we're running up on almost an hour already. And I usually kind of try to wrap it up around there. Um, I guess my point is in all of this is nothing is going to change in Washington. These calls for investigations in terms of trials, these are going to continue. And they're going to continue to be mock trials. This is exactly what happens at the end of empires. They continue to call people out. They continue to do nothing. And then it continues until the entire country is over. 
Look at Venezuela. Look at the Weimar Republic. You look at any organization that tried to print away their debt, and that's their only choice. They're going to try to print away their debt, and they're going to fall like every other empire that's out there. What are you doing to get ready? What are you doing to get anti-fragile? What are you doing to prepare for this? Do you have some interim types of currency? Do you have some lead? Do you have some silver? Do you have some gold? Do you have some things you can trade? Do you have some real-world skill sets? This is going to get really ugly really soon. I've talked about it in other shows. We will continue this conversation soon. Uh, But for today, I appreciate everybody that showed up. I appreciate everybody that's out there listening. Thank you guys for sharing the show. Uh, As I've said before, if you love it, you can support it at patreon.com slash radicalpod. If you've got anything to send to me, you can send it to shane at radicalpod.com. And I will uh, take a look at it there. Last thing, if uh, if you if you have Cash App and you want to support the show without becoming a patron, uh, Shane Hazel uh, is on uh, Cash App. So anyway, I appreciate everybody out there. Thank you guys for doing everything you're doing. Thank you for evangelizing the greatest technology in the world. And I appreciate you guys standing in opposition to the monsters that are in D.C. and the central banks. Until next time, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take this back.